0: It's your boy Six Pack Lapidat and Paul Marin Zan. and today we have 120 kilo U.S. champion Matt Somner, um, Matt, an absolute titan when it comes to the squat and the dead, um, so much so, I mean, his bench is pedestrian, we'd say. Oh, we're going back to that, eh? But, well, I mean... I mean, let's call, it, let's call it back. let that's it what it is.
1: It's too late. Boy, we already threw it out there. Well, it's too late now. And, but and, and realistically, for a 120-plus guy... It's, it's pedestrian. Yeah,
0: it's pedestrian. But, damn, if he doesn't have... Uh, but he doesn't have... He's got...
1: He's. I don't know what the world records are for squatting dead. Well, he unfortunately has to go up against this Dennis guy. Fidelius. This guy named Dennis Cornelius. Yeah. yeah. Who is a pretty decent
0: lifter on his own right. Fair. Fair. He hit 1,000 kilo total. But um, I know Sommer's well into 800s for squat. And I believe. He's
1: into the 8s for deads as well.
0: Yeah. And I believe Dennis was. Did Dennis hit his 900? Dennis hit. At 120, because he floated in between. He did. I mean, it's not. Like, put it this way Matt isn't. In terms of those two lifts, Matt isn't out of the hunt. You know, he, he's, no, well him, he's well in there. He's uh, well in there for world records on squat and deadlift. And, um, and his total at 910. At the U.S. Nationals, is 10 kilo more than the World Championship total, which is 900 kilo. Correct. By our boy, Eric
1: Willis. So, who hit a 910 at Provincials this year? Ah. Should be known,
0: though. So, we probably got...
1: It's, it could be a
0: good showdown. Canada-U.S. relations are at an all-time low, politically and sporting. Yeah, these fellas are going to go do battle. Um, I'm wondering, I don't know if Eric is going to be at the Arnold... So I don't believe so. We might have to wait until speeded at the IPF World Championships. But in terms of, in sports, and I say this like probably every time we talk about this, you need close head-to-head matchups and
1: you don't yeah. know what's going to happen. It's the only way that it's entertaining. And yeah. it's no offense to anybody that's in a division where they just run away with it looking at you, Ray.
0: Great, yeah, yeah. Or, yes. take, take or, or
1: even previously, Dennis Cornelius. Yeah, or, or previously, exactly. But when you have someone
0: who's nipping on your heels... And it becomes one of those Russell or he Gibbs, uh, Hack Gibbs, or the one hundred and five. I was gonna say, or which let's is, just
1: call it the one oh fives because yeah. I don't even feel like list, listing Blevins. Exactly, everybody down to one hundred and five Blevins versus. Yeah,
0: yeah, um, yeah. It's it's that is when it gets exciting. When literally you miss a lift, and
1: everyone's like, "Oh shit, we need like everyone else." Yeah, and to everyone start. starts crunching numbers, being like, "Well, now he has to hit this deadlift in yeah. order to be back in the hunt." Like when he exactly. And chips become uh, and all of a sudden, if you put a chip, yeah, it could
0: all come down to that. So. Um, we're looking at that at the 120s. I'm interested in seeing what Matt um, is expecting in terms of the worlds and what he wants
1: yeah. from himself. And speaking of chips and speaking of battles, even though we're not talking about it right now, Miss uh, Miss Amanda Ann there. 560 squats? Yeah, like <laughs> what, what the hell, my friend?
0: As we're talking about some crazy shit. Yeah, I reposted that. I um I, I look at if you. <laughs> If you told I me mean, six months ago, I would be posting, hey, she going to have 600? And, and I would have been like, yeah, come on. Yeah. Get a little ahead of ourselves. Let's not, let's not do this.
1: You no, know, six. At, at, at the way she's going, at the way she's improving, I'm, we're going to see 600 like what? It, that, take 10, a bit. Because at the top, 10, 10 pounds a week, it seems to like she's jumping up nowadays. Well, so it slows down at the top
0: end though. So But I, it I, keeps I, moving. I mean, no, I don't mean her squat. No. I mean progress. You I know. know. Does. So as we get closer to 600, it'll, it'll slow down from, you know, like... I gotta think it's gonna take a few years. Yeah, I think before we get to six hundred, we're gonna start seeing some stalling, some plateauing, and we're gonna have to see some magic with programming. She can like it's not off the table. If
1: you tell me this girl squats six hundred, you're talk about rocking and rolling. Like she's she's so on fire. Even her deadlift is just like. She told through the like roof.
0: Was it 507 with straps? Okay. Yeah. But it was 507 for like seven? Yeah. It was like seven or 10 or 15. It didn't even matter. It, it, just, was, it looked, it looked like it, it was... She hit a 570. Yeah. Um, again, straps, but... Uh, or was it straps that time? I think it was. But nonetheless, she looks... And her bench is rocking. Yeah, right? I was going to say, even her bench is shooting up all, as it, well right now. Like it's, It looks like her and Daniela Mello are going to go to battle so many times in the future. And I would be shocked if... if both these girls aren't going to be trained around IPF World Championships. Like, she has to make that World Team. We need that 1 2. We need the rematch at the World Stage. And it's yeah. still, I don't care who won US Nationals. We're right back to the drawing board 50 50 at Oh, the God. It's going to be
1: 50 50 at World. so S- they up against each other if the US decides that they are in a better position to put them both open. I, I, usually you see one guy win
0: and you're like, yeah, if they rematch, I'm probably leaning towards him. Yeah. This one. I feel like I'd be right
1: back in where if we I'm were right there, back if, to, if we do another re.
0: Fuck me! By the time Descent the world, listen. By the time the world rolls around, I don't know if I'm swayed back to Mandalore. all over again. Like you know, actually, well, I yeah. picked Mellow, but I don't You're know if Mello, I can sway. Period. Like it's it's. Look if her dead or sorry, well, her dead keeps moving, but if her squat keeps moving closer and closer to six. I'm mean, asked for that's Bonica Lowe. that's Bonica Brown territory, yeah. which you is know?
1: hilarious because we had quickly mentioned that nobody's got a chance of catching Bonica, but.
0: I mean, who the hell knows, Yeah, guy? who the hell knows, man? But, uh, yeah, let's call our I, boy here because we've left him hanging. And we have 120-kilo U.S. National Champion Matt Sumner. Matt, thank you for joining us. How are you feeling, sir? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Good I'm going to turn you up a stitch right now. So, Matt, leading into the um, U.S. Nationals, Um, I was telling some people that they got to watch out for you. I think a lot of people in the know knew that they had to watch out for you. Um, But I had first seen you, a little scouting report, back in 2012, before either one of us were with the IPF, uh, before the IPF had actually gone raw officially at the national world level, etc. We were with the World Drug-Free Paralympic Federation, and you were young, man, because you're young now. So you must have been, how old were you in 2012?
2: God, I had to be like 18 years old. You were a teenager, man.
0: And everybody at this place was like, did you fucking see that high school kid? Everybody was talking about you and knew there was something. You know when you go, like, this? Is like people are flying from around the world. This is an international meet. And everybody's talking about the 17, 18-year-old kid. And um, what were you squatting as a teenager?
2: It was absolutely ridiculous. Well, I know. I did squat 800 at 18, I think at 18. So it, and it's so just yet. Yeah. So That's, this is, this
0: is this is it. And so everyone knew like the sky's the limit for this kid. Uh, you know like, people win titles every single year. Turns over, but sometimes somebody comes around and gets everybody excited. And um, I remember Matt being this prospect. So we became Facebook friends around then. Kept my eye on him, and the dude has done nothing but make us proud ever since. Uh, and here we are, U.S. national champion, Matt. So if that was you at eighteen. Um, when did you start lifting weights?
2: Uh, I really started probably when I was 16 or 17. I really didn't start that, that uh, much before that. Um, I did play football through, co- um, through high school and through college. So I used the lifting as, you know, uh, uh, kind of to train for football and train for other sports. So I didn't really take it seriously enough to progress to where I am now um i only started progressing when i tore my acl and meniscus and all that other stuff in my knee playing college ball and that's when i decided that uh, i'll just quit football and start lifting and that's when the lifting just got out of control for me what kind of like
0: what kind of weights were you lifting when you were doing football
2: Ah, my senior year of high school, I think I was squatting like 550, deadlifting like six something. And the funny thing is, I'll say this, when I was in high school, my junior year, I was benching over 400. No shit! I was. And that's why a lot of people don't realize that, but back then I I had meniscus surgery. So I was in a uh, mobilizer for six months, so all I was able to do was bench. Ah, so I literally, me and my teammates had a competition, the first person to hit 400 pounds. And I actually had a 400-pound bench press. No, and dude. i bet you know, back then, you were like, hey, 500 is right around the corner. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was pumped to bench because I couldn't do anything else. And then as soon as my immobilizer came off, I probably didn't bench for like two years straight. And all I did was squat and deadlift. I believe you. I believe you, dude. Your yep. squat and
0: deadlift have been phenomenal. So your squat, um, so at, at this time, how
2: often were you squatting then? Not very often, or I was. Uh, I was probably squatting every day. Oh, as a football player? Yeah, like I, I was a psycho. I, you know, I would, you know, I would train during the off season, but then I'd also train during the season. Oh no shit! So you loved weightlifting? You just hadn't. Found- yeah. Well, my uncle was an Olympic lifter, so he got he got me into it. But I never wanted to stop doing it, and I see my my, my issue was I kept going at the pace I was on the off season during the season. Which my body started breaking down because I, like, I just couldn't do both.
0: Mm. So, your uncle, so do you come from a family of weightlifters then? Like how well, long- i probably related to him. He was my godfather. Gotcha. And, and gotcha. How, how far did he go with Olympic lifting?
2: Uh, he went to the Empire State Games.
0: Oh, no kid. Oh, no and do you yeah, know his numbers? Three? What? Do you know his numbers? Do you know-
2: uh, I want to say at like he was a twig. He was like I think 160, 170 pounds. He snatched like 3, 360, 370. Oh, oh, oh damn! Before for something. I'm not, I'm not totally sure. I don't remember. Holy sm. So obviously it's in your G ge- So is he blood related to you? No, that's the funny thing. Everyone, is he, the funny thing is for the longest time everyone thought he was my father. <laughs> It's a better story if you if you had a polisist <laughs> to
1: rewrite history. Like that's your father from now on. Even yeah, exactly. he's one hundred and sixty pounds and no shit, that's a
0: crazy monster. So how right. did you end up uh, finding powerlifting then from after football?
2: Well, what happened was, uh, long story short, my my junior year, I tore my meniscus playing playing football, and then my senior year of high school, I tore my ACL, PCL, and MCL. My senior year. Um, I decided after I got my meniscus surgery, I decided that God forbid if I ever got hurt again, I would never go through that that surgery, go through the rehab again. So after I blew out my knee for the second time, I just rehabbed it myself. I got a scholarship to play college football. And then it was at that point, probably mid-season, someone took a cheap shot at my knee and it it tore whatever was left in my knee. And then after that, I kind of said to myself, do I want to continue playing college football and lose the lifting, or just quit football and then just continue to lift? Mm-hmm. And that's when I started competing or started really taking it seriously. And you were a big kid. At the, I remember you—you you were like a like a juggernaut.
0: Um, and that was in 2012 when you were a teenager. How big were you at the time?
2: Oh, I was fat back then. Jeez, I was like, I was like, I was walking around at like two seventy five, two
0: eighty five. And, and is this? When you lift at 120, so that's hundred or 265 pounds, so if you cut since then, are you well underneath the 120?
2: Oh yeah, ever, ever since the USAPL changed their weight, I remember, I'll never forget competing with you know, Dave Mansfield and all those guys with the ADFPF. I would have to like, really starve the night before because I was always on the borderline of 274. I couldn't eat anything. Yeah. So after the USAPL changed their weight class, I said to myself, I'm not going to be doing that anymore. So I decided to, I did, then I decided to make the cut down to 250, 255, and that's where I sit around now. So when I go into a meet, I can just stuff my face and not have to worry about it.
0: And do you feel like, because it's, it's interesting that a lot of times people think like size helps to the squat their most. And um, even though you have much room to spare, you like to hang around the 250 body type range. Have you ever thought about putting the weight on or dropping down? Or are you thinking, you know what, couldn't care less, I'm going to stick where I'm at?
2: I'm kind of gonna a up between all three, actually. Um, when I was 285, when I was at, like, I got made my, my heaviest in 2015. I did squat 870 in the gym, um, but again, I was just I was just a monster back then. I was just very unhealthy. I just did, wasn't happy with the way I looked and everything. Um, but I look at it this way: now that I lost the weight gradually and I did it the smart way instead of just you know crash dieting, I was able to find my leverages and kind of get used to my new leverages. So now I'm squatting just as much, almost just as much as I am at 250 that I was at 285.
0: Mm-hmm. And it helps you take the shirt off. Everybody knows you're a weightlifter.
2: You see- well, oh yeah. You know. The thing is, like, I, I it, was, it, was, it I just wasn't, you know, happy with the way I looked. I just looked bloated all the time. My, my face. Like, if I showed you pictures, you'd be like, wow. You know, it, it was, it was a tremendous, tremendous difference.
0: And do you think? Have you ever thought? Because 250 isn't the biggest cut away from. I mean um 231 which is the 105 weight class if you're looking at actual body weight dropped it wouldn't have to be that much if you did a water cut have you ever been tempted looking at your numbers i mean your numbers at 105 wowzers like i don't know how much it would hurt you but is it is tempting at all to think hey you know what i lose a little bit more body fat keep it moving if i could stay strong water cut the rest
2: i could be a beast in there See, the thing is, like, if I knew how to water, see, the thing is, I'm not very good when it comes to nutrition. That's not my forte. Um, and I don't know how to water cut, to be honest with you, so I'd have to find someone that would help me. But the lightest I've ever gotten was before I tore my adductor muscle a, a year and a half ago. Um, I, I was 246. I squatted 810 in the gym at 246. Oh, sir. So, dude, um, right, that yeah, is, that's right. That's a watch of the way. You would
0: destroy world records. Like, that's, I mean, you could break world records at 120, but that would be absolutely a
2: monstrous squat. Yeah. I was thinking about that for the longest time. I've been kind of, like, teetering with the fact that am I going to drop to 105 and just destroy every record they have? Or do I want to say 120 and go for the 900? So I've been kind of, like, stuck yeah. in between. Yeah. yeah, well, I
0: mean, I guess, so how old are you?
2: Uh, I just turned 25 in September. So you, you could probably do it all. You got time for it all.
0: That's the beauty being yeah. 25. Whatever you want to do, you could pretty much do. Um, so backtracking a little bit, the difference between uh, your previous when you're a football player and then when you started taking powerlifting seriously, um, was it somebody that you had reached out to in terms of programming and squat technique or how did you start developing as a powerlifter?
2: I just did my own, be honest with you, I just did my own thing. Um, like I said, my uncle was an Olympic lifter, so he drilled into my head, you know, drug-free in depth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he would, he would take away the squat. He had a homemade squat rack. So he would take the rack away from me and say, you're going to squat until you hit the depth. And that's <laughs> what I learned.
0: So you could have faith in your technique yeah. that way.
2: Yeah, exactly. So there were times where I was sitting on the bar for a half hour straight until I got it right. You know, my uncle was crazy that way, but that's where I uh, that's how I got to where I am today.
0: When you first said that, <laughs> I thought you meant... You were under the bar for a half hour straight fighting one rep. (laughs) But, well, <laughs> oh, <no>. Holy <laughs> shit. Your, well. your uncle's a tough man. He didn't, even, yeah, my, my he didn't uncle... even
1: flinch about saving your life. He's like, let's go, son. I was just let's go. Eight figure eight it was... out. I was picturing Matt under the bar in the bottom of a squad, just sitting there until he's <laughs> actually recovered enough to finally <laughs> start his That's I, how I, you
0: I, make I, a champion. Yeah. That is, thats And again, if you got a publicist, that's the new story. Okay, that's, I'm going to roll
2: with it. Because that's, that's, that <laughs> that's, that's how you became a champion squatter. That is the equivalent that's, of I—you I'm also a strength coach for college and elite college and high school athletes. And that's how I teach them. I say, you're going to squat this, and you're going to do it right, and if you don't get it right, you're going to stay here until you get it right. Yeah, yeah. yes. That's how I teach them. And and in terms of, like, so was your uncle the guy who was teaching you
0: in terms of bar path and how to set up the squat? Because I know Olympic lifters often are high bar squatters and a little different. Um, Well, I used to be a high bar squatter. Ah,
2: gotcha. So basically, I would squat and lift like an Olympic lifter. Okay. And, And then... And when you made transitions, yeah. how did you end up doing that? Um, as I got heavier and I started, I think as I got heavier and as I got more uh, in-depth with the sport, my bar path, my well, the bar on my back started going lower and lower and lower. Mm. The same thing with my deadlift. If you see my first uh, meet, I think it was AAU. Like, it almost looks like a sumo conventional deadlift. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, not- like, my, my legs my legs were all the way out and my, my hands were all the way where the rings are. And that's how I used to pick up it, almost like I was sumo. Or So pictures, or, picture lifting sumo, but your hands outside your knees. That's basically yeah, how I That's great. That. That. Or look like you're gonna can just can say you're it looked like you are going to snatch it. going to because you're only basically, touching we, we
1: call that extreme hybrid snatch <laughs> grip. Yeah, those shit. yeah exactly. Um,
0: so in terms of programming, uh, initially, is it just all straight up trial and error, writing down what you did and, do, and figuring out your own percentages? Or did you have anybody else that can
2: help you out with that? Back then, I was just, I just said, you know, I went to the gym because I was in college, so I really didn't have enough time in between classes. So, you know, now thinking about it, I can't believe I never got hurt, but I'd really walk in the gym, put four or five in the bar, do five sets to five, go up and, and call a day. Oh, no shit. And when
0: you started powerlifting? And start no, that's, that's, what, that's when I started
2: powerlifting. Oh, wow. And yeah. just started taking it like that. It, yeah, I literally, I would never warm up. I would just go squat and do maybe a five-by-five five or a six-by-six, six, and then after that, just go to class. <laughs>
0: okay. And when did that start developing into more of a, a scientific approach? How did you start gaining that?
2: Probably after my second meet, that's when I started saying, all right, now I need to start actually you know, building strength and actually doing smart programs. I knew... What I was doing then, I would have been burnt out. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how old were you when you had your first and second? Like, how old were you when this was happening? Uh. Because I'm. Eighteen. You're eighteen. So this yeah. was not long before I saw you in 2012.
2: Twice. This was a year before exactly, a couple months before. Yeah.
0: Because it is boggling my
2: mind how you got to eight hundred squats. Well, <laughs> that's that's fucking crazy. That's, I just well, like, see, that's, that's 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 the crazy thing. I know. I know. I did an AAU meet. I wanna say in March. No, I yeah, I wanna say in March. Or maybe yeah, probably in March. I squatted seven hundred. Then a week after that I squatted eight fifty. Yeah, that's that's insane, <laughs> man. You like must... it was it was crazy. I don't know how I did it. You probably
0: it, it's just gotta be that genetically gifted.
1: And how do you even get to the point where you're and you he's a teenager. As a teenager, you're making that correlation of, I hit this in the gym, so I'm going to go out in a meet and hit Yeah, how did
2: you know? hit 750 and then 850. Like, so crazy. I just, honestly, I didn't even know what I was doing. I just said, all right, this feels good. Take it, I'll do it.
0: <laughs> you're
2: like, you're like calling
0: me
1: crazy. Call this young ambition. We're going up 150 pounds in my next time. I was going to say, that's exactly like the young person's mindset approach. It is. But it's like the I'm invincible approach. Yeah. But it actually worked out. Cause we've seen it not work out. That's I mean I've I've been the guy where it doesn't work out. It's like (laughs) I'm gonna go squat this, and you just get buried to shit under it. But like I'm not lying. Um,
0: I remember driving home from Boston, or just outside of Boston, at that international meet, and telling um, my girlfriend at the time, you know, that kid is in fucking high school, and he's squatting in the eight hundreds. Like, and you would think in high school, if you hit four hundred, you're feeling good about yourself, and you would be like like a like a like a a juggernaut walking amongst children like how how was it when you were in high school like were all your friends like what the shit dude when this progress was happening see i can't picture being a teenager and being squatting that kind of weight it would be like the unbreakable bruce willis where all of a sudden he had that awakening moment he's in the basement hitting the hitting the bench and he's like how much fucking stronger can i get well let's just keep going and then 150 pounds more off your pr you're like Holy
1: shit! I'm still in my mind trying to make the correlation between yeah. the weights you were moving and your yeah. attempt selection. It's just oh. so. So, were you having these relevations?
0: And were people around you like, dude, what the fuck? Cause I don't know. I didn't know you enough to talk to you, but I didn't know you at all. Let's face it. You were, just, we were scared shitless of talking to an
1: 18 year old that's we, flying. But we were
0: all like, holy shit. So were people approaching you at the time telling you, and, and like, did you start having this realized, like what was going through your mind and everyone around you? Like I can only picture you being 17 and having normal size friends. Like you said, a skinny friend who's like buck 75, Totally normal size.
2: Totally normal dude who's like, holy shit, bro, what are you doing? Yeah, well, a lot of people, especially when I was training for football, I was always one of the biggest size on the team, strength-wise. Maybe not size-wise. Um, but all my, all my friends uh, thought it was amazing. I, even I thought it was amazing. I, I just didn't um, – and I was relatively new to the sport, so I didn't have many friends in the sport at the time. But now looking back at it, people would come up to me and goes, man, wow, you're, you're 18, 19 years old, you're doing all this weight. It's just phenomenal. You can have a phenomenal future in the sport. Can't wait to see how, you know, where you go and everything. So it was, it was very, what's the word I'm looking for, very uh, comforting to know that people, even though I was new in the sport, were very supportive mm-hmm. and stuff yeah. like that.
0: And when did you start making the progress? So, As a junior, what are some of the titles and records you were breaking? Because I remember over the years, keep my eye on you through Facebook and social media, kind of let us keep in touch like that. But um, just kind of step us through your progress, because between 18 and all the way to 25, this is your first open national title in the USAPL, correct?
2: Yes,
0: correct. So uh, kind of step us through a little bit in terms of progress, not just uh, the titles, but maybe some of the weights and how you started altering. Because one thing to be competitive, in 2012, um, there wasn't nearly as many lifters. Now, I cannot believe the talent pool we're seeing. And um, and you've, you've not only stayed in there, but have risen to the top of the toughest nations nationals to win. Um, so maybe give us a progress and evolution of Matt
2: Somner, the squat machine. You know what, you know, the funny thing is, going back really quick to the 2012 world, I think after seeing other IPF meets and being at the IPF Worlds as a junior, that 2012 meet was my favorite. Was it? No. Yes, shit. it was. No shit,
0: dude. I had an amazing time too. I actually, uh, little, if I could fucking toot my own horn, I tried like four times to win, and that was my fourth and last try because I knew once the IPF went raw, I was jumping ship just like you, just like probably like almost everybody. Um, God bless we we're all waiting for the IPF to go raw and so I was like this is it man I gotta win it and I won with my last deadlift and then like it was cool like just the vibe I know what you mean the vibe was something special Yeah,
2: it was, it was, there was no drama it was just having fun no there, drama was, there, was no, no, there was no like it was just having fun that, that's yeah. what, I think that's what the sport is missing now it's become so serious I know that's an important aspect of it but with the 2012 Worlds in Boston with Dave Mansfield and everything it was just so beautifully ran and it just it was so much fun it wasn't felt like you had to be
1: pressure
0: do every little thing yeah i remember um meeting people from around the world like sharing an elevator with the ukrainian team and one of the ukrainian guys i was lifting against and finding out he was an orphan in the ukraine no family nothing powerlifting literally saved his life i don't know what an orphan's like any in the world but i'm sure in ukraine it's fucking terrible the guy had absolutely no base and just hearing his story and then like all right let's go lift and I'm like, fuck, man. If I lose this kid, I don't feel bad. I'm like, fuck, that would be like, yeah. like it's. I know yeah. what you mean. Where it was a weird vibe, man. And just meeting people here and there, no egos. I think half of it might have been as well. This is before Instagram. This is before like Facebook was still not crazy yet. Um, so and and there was no such thing as live streams. So everybody was so modest and nobody had egos yet. You found out about people on the day. Like sure, every, yeah, yeah. And then everyone was so approachable and got like inspirational off of like, you know, I know what you mean, it was, it was a good vibe, but um, I mean, it's, it's cool about the evolution. It's, the, with the sport growing like it is, those days will always be gone. You can't replicate like social media's here and it's never going away. The yeah. streams are here, they're never going away. And now people are Instagram stars and there's no taking that back. It's like the genies at the bottle. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly, yeah. I know what you mean. Where that those moments will always be special because you'll you'll always remember like that was
1: before. We sound like old men. You're twenty five, but but, but. I as I was, <laughs> <I was, laughs> this is going on, I'm thinking the same thing. I'm like, you guys are reminiscing like it's the good old days. And I'm like, he, yeah, he's, he's young. You're twenty five. You you're a masters lifter now. But, there's,
0: there's, and there's, I am
1: like a fucking month away from that dude <laughs> a it's november still you're an m2
0: now yeah there's a gap here there is a gap there's a gap but it's <laughs> but uh but yeah but so you know what as the sport has matured almost you've grown up with the sport yourself then if you were that young you know you seem more mature beyond your years to tell you the truth at 25
2: Thank you, appreciate that. Yeah, well, I try to, like I said, I take everything I do, you know, like I said, I want to have fun because, again, this is a sport where we're not getting paid for the most part and you want to have fun. So I I try to have, enjoy it as much as I can, but yet take it seriously to get stronger and, you know, try to, you know, you know, make my mark on history.
0: And and so along the ways, from 18 to 25, I've seen you, you've broken national records. What was the juniors' records that you were breaking at the time?
2: Oh, God, uh... They were so low I, th- I think I-, I know I have like Records in like Six different federations I think Yeah you have um, a long, Your resume is like A laundry list It's ridiculous Yeah because I, I look this way I-, I never wanted to be Pigeon toed into one federation I don't believe that yeah. You know unless A federation is paying me To list with them Which never happens With anybody I'm going to lift Where I want Yeah So that- that's why I have That's why I have I think I have IPA records I have NAPF records AU records ADFPF records You know USAPL records and stuff like that. So I try to expand my horizon instead of being pit and into one, you know, mm-hmm. one particular federation. But I think it came to like over 50 United States and world records. Holy wow. smokes. Between teen, junior, and open. Yeah, That's, yeah. That's quite the resume then.
0: Yeah. And, and as as the competition was getting more and more fierce, um, especially in the USAPL, I mean, you, your guys' nationals is just bonkers you could literally take like the top three and those top three could be the top three in the world in some of the
1: weight classes if not i mean i was gonna say some of the weight classes you can take top five top ten and you're it's it's, in podium position it's insane it's the depth of i mean throughout the world you'll
0: have some people who will take podium but the depth at at the at the u.s nationals between one and ten is so deep where i feel like sometimes at the ipf worlds i mean no disrespect but some nations make it by being a national champion in a nation that isn't very deep so it gets somewhat watered down after top five-ish. Um, but the U.S.
2: Nationals is absolutely, like you're, you're in for a dog yeah. the whole time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and that's did, why originally I originally switched to USAPL because you, you, as you know, the ADFPF, I literally went, on, went with a 250 bench in, just on my opening squat and deadlift. I would win by like two 300 pounds. And yeah. it just wasn't fun anymore knowing that even if I had a crap day, I'd still smoke everybody. Yeah. So at least at the USAPL, you know, you got Dennis, well, basically, Dennis is my only, or maybe Perry if Perry ever comes back to the USAPL. But Dennis is really my only competition in the USAPL for the 120s. It, so, and it's nice because we both push each other.
0: Yeah, and I don't think he's coming back. Um, it doesn't look like it, anyways.
2: Yeah, Perry's not a fan of the USAPL.
0: So, um, what, what's going to motivate you then if he, if he doesn't come back? Just keep making national teams
2: and pushing for that world title? be honest with you, after, after world this year, I might not do Nationals next year. I don't know. It depends. I, I just want to – my goal right now is to, you know, win the gold at the uh, World Championships in Sweden if, you know, whatever happens with the USAPL and the IPF and whatever shitstorm that's causing now. Um, but if, if it does go through and we are allowed to go, uh, like I said, that is my goal, to win the gold medal. Then after that, I want to maybe do the current U.S. Open, you know, see if I can win some cash. Yeah. Yes. so like yes. I said, you know, I, I you just I, I look at this way, you know, I want to have fun, and I just want to go and do whatever I want, and, and not have to worry about doing this or doing that. I just like I said, just have a good time.
1: Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned the current U.S. Open because, as you were mentioning, you don't want to be pigeonholed into whatever federation or told what federations you can compete in. I was wondering yeah, if that exactly. I was wondering if that was in the back of your mind how you felt. I was actually
2: supposed to do the current U.S. Open last year. I paid for it, but um, it was during The the date of the meet was when I had to walk for graduation, and apparently that was more important to my parents. So I,
1: (laughs) which worked out interestingly, because otherwise had you done it, you wouldn't have been able to become the national champion in (laughs) one twenty. Exactly. Well,
2: you wouldn't have been
1: able to. You would have been able to compete at nationals, but you wouldn't have been able to be on the world team. Yeah, and you know what? Like honestly, whenever somebody's at the point, I remember
0: Ashton won nationals went to US yeah. Open, and, and skipped the IPF Worlds. And whenever you have like an opportunity to go to the IPF World Championships, man, it is, it really is, it's a show now. Like, I know yeah. you mean where, um, previously, before we had the live streams, before we had all this other stuff, like these massive, fault people showing up with like 200,000 Instagram followers and all this kind of shit. It was, it felt fun. Yeah. Uh, this is, it's an experience, it's still fun, but my God, the experience of it. Have you been to an IPF World Championships yet? As a junior?
2: Yeah, I went, I went, to, the, I went to the disaster in Texas. Oh, 2016. Yeah, that was a disaster. <laughs> was it? How, did that, how was that experience for you? Was it, was, it, it, the, honestly, it was shit. I'll no, yeah. be completely honest with you. It, like, I, after seeing the previous year, I think it was what, Finland or Soho or, so- yeah, or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that was gorgeous. Yes. The meet in Texas was so cheap and poorly ran, I was so disappointed.
0: Yeah, and and, and um, how were you in terms of competing? Did, like how did it feel with the competitors and all that? Like what was your? Oh, I thought like? it was
2: great. You know, everyone was. I, there was one thing I liked about parallel you know, unlike like you know, football. Even if I'm trying to compete against you, we're all like a family. You now we're all friends. We're all cheering each other on. It's not like you know, you see a guy squatting, you hope he breaks his leg. Where in football, yeah. that, that's that's what you did. So the atmosphere was you know with the lifters was great. Um, I just don't like the aspect of the coaches picking their attempts. To me, that bothers me. And I think that's what cost me the junior title back in
0: 2016. Oh, so you didn't have the input uh, to say what attempt you wanted?
2: Well, I think Joey back then was helping me, but I think Adrian was the head coach and I didn't really agree with the attempts they were picking. But again, as an athlete, I'm sure as you know, that's how you know how it works. I don't have, I don't really have the final say. And I think, you know, that's what really led me to, you know, taking the silver medal back in 2016 as a junior.
0: How did that happen? So, um, was it, did it come down to the last deadlift or was it... Well, I, I, I won the
2: gold in the deadlift and the squat. I think I squatted, uh, an IPF junior record, which was 806. And I think I deadlifted, I want to say 780-something. Wowzers. And it was close. Like I, I had a couple, I had probably another 15, 20 kilos in my deadlift and probably... Believe it or not, I had a couple of kilos left on the bench. Um, but, you know, obviously my, since my bench is my weak lift, they, they chose such a, a conservative number that no matter what my deadlift would have been, unless I did like, you know, 8.30, I wasn't gonna win. Ah,
0: okay. so, so you think they went a little too
2: conservative on the bench? Yeah, like I, like I said, I, I probably would have squeezed out maybe another 10 kilos, but you know, between 10 kilos there and then 15, 20 kilos on the, on the, the deadlift, that could yeah. be the difference between a silver and a gold. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Hmm. And how old were you at the time? That two years ago, you would have been, this is like your last juniors, I guess? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. So I going to say 20, 20, 22 or 23. Yeah. Gotcha. So now you have an opportunity for a little bit of get back, right some
2: wrongs.
0: And um, I'm sure, do you guys have meetings ahead of time on what attempts you're looking at, et cetera, and how your training's been going?
2: I honestly, I don't even know how it works, to be honest with you.
0: Did you have that leading into Texas? No. Oh, wow. See, for the Canadian I, team, and they might do it now, maybe that's different, because um, I know the Canadian team, we have Skype meetings, we have um, like sheets we fill out in terms of uh, best competent, or sorry, best training lifts, so they know where you're at, and also in terms of what our attempts we would like. And then we'll, we'll have a meeting on Skype, Canada's a massive nation, just like the US, Going over every single attempt and and saying okay, I think these are good, and and game day we'll have another conversation, see where you're at. So maybe if that comes to pass, you know maybe you get the attempts you want. Because I'll tell you what, um, probably your biggest competition is going to be reigning uh, IPF world champion, who's Canada's very first Golden Boy, Eric Willis, who won it in Canada, and you guys are neck and neck because. Eric just hit a 9-10. He 10.
1: just hit a nine ten total at our provincial championship. And so that
0: is, and if I'm commentating, that is going to be a phenomenal. I a can't, Eric can't wait.
1: But you know what the funny
2: thing is? I tell people all the time, so I, I tell them that, you know, based on last year's performance of Worlds, so I would have won the gold medal if I competed and had the same performance at Nationals. But what a lot of people don't know is that I secretly training my bench, so that's why I'll never post a bench video because that is my secret weapon now. Because everyone knows I can I can deadlift the house and squat you know squat a tremendous amount, yeah. but no one knows how much I bench. So you can't game plan against somebody who you don't know how much they bench. This is true. You know, I can this, I can this go, this go into world, true. I can go to world, squat 880. You know bench. Who knows? (laughs) We're waiting. We're waiting.
1: (laughs) I thought you might let the cat out the bag right there. Bench, yada yada. (laughs) Bench five hundred. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I thought the man's holding his cards. (laughs)
0: That's right. Imagine you've had that because he's. We know he benched four hundred as a teenager. Yeah. If he, this is this is what we call the slow play. He's had a 500 bench this whole time. We're waiting
1: for his World's Open day. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's called the slow
1: play. We're like, son of a
2: bitch. You got us all fooled. So let's talk about how your bench training's going. Yeah, exactly. I, I will say, though, my bench training is going very good. I-, 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 I will say this, though. I can do five reps my previous max. Oh, Ooh. smokes. So I-, I will say, though, if I- if based on how p- I'm performing right now, I'll basically smoke everyone at Worlds. So what – what a Wowzers! So that's wow. a hell of a See, here's the, that.
0: Yeah, that's comments right there. That's comments. See, it's, it's gonna be amazing for me to commentate. Now, I want to get into the training. I mean, you don't kind of go yay deep in training, but I'll have some training questions because you, if you approved your bench like that, um, I'd like to know what, what you did. But um, at the World Championships, which is it's gonna be amazing for me commentating because A, Eric Willis is our defending World Champions Canadian, B, I've known you. Like, I remember, like, you're still that dude, that teenager, you know, you had the baby face the whole night and I remember saying, like, this guy's gonna be something, you know, yeah. it would be crazy to see from that world's, before IPF, to, like, the IPF world's, the whole, like, turnaround, it's it's different, man,
1: it's yeah. just, it's got the, the background story. And as we were talking about me. in the intro, like, that's what you want to see at that level, that's, you want those battles. Neck to neck, toe to toe battles, so, uh, although, as it's already been mentioned, he may smoke everybody. Well, how's going?
0: Well, so let's talk about the bench. So, what are some of the things you've done to fine tune that bench to up your game like that?
2: Uh, Like I said, as much as I hate the bench, which I I really, I I just, I dread doing it every day. But unfortunately, now I understand that uh, now that I'm in the open, I can't win just on my belt and squat. You know, in the juniors, I could win by squatting eight delts and eight. No one would touch me. Yeah. Um. So with you know, especially with Dennis, I have to learn how to you know eventually bench. So I've just been doing a five by five. Three times a week, and I've just been killing a lot of dumbbell bench and a lot of accessories, incline, and it's been working.
0: And how often, like, how many days a week would you bench
2: previously? No, well, previously yeah. uh, you do fly by fly previously, five by five, like three days. Three days a week. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. That's what I do now. But okay. previously, i probably bench once a month. Are you serious? <laughs> Holy! I Jesus. kid you not. What? I, know,
1: I have heard of some lifters that hate bench. I don't think I've ever heard of a lifter that benched once a month.
2: Oh my god! I, I literally just did it just to, like, just, okay, I have me coming up in a week. All right, let's see what I can do. And that's basically, a, yeah. that's my bench. Holy Which smokes. goes back
1: to when we did our preview show and we were talking to Matt Gary and we were talking about, obviously, our picks for the 120 and you were mentioned. And Matt would say that you were the guy that would go in and do a single on bench you know, once a week or whatever, and that was the extent of your training.
2: Like, oh, that's where I'm and I, and I thought he was just
1: being, just
2: joking. No, he's, he's serious. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just hated, that's why everyone always joked that, you know, why don't I just start Olympic lifting, because Olympic lift is off the bench. Yeah, yeah. And for the longest time, I started, then I started Olympic lifting, like doing, at one point, which is pretty sad to admit, I was overhead pressing 405 strict, but I was only benching 265.
0: Damn! God. How Damn. is that, so it's not a strength issue, it's not, it's just
1: um, sharpening because the sword. I, I, just, I just didn't want to do it. Yeah, it's just a hatred issue. It's a hatred basically, issue. Basically. <laughs> Those, and has your
0: other lifts. So what, what would the rest of your volume look like in terms of like squats and deads? How often would you do that in the rep ranges?
2: Uh, well, it, it's changed. I'm trying to do more hypertrophy now because um, you know, when I first started out, you know, as, as you know, that when anyone first starts out lifting, you know, it's all about motor recruitment and stuff like that, recruiting more muscle fibers. And I think I have tapped that out at this point. Um, my body's using the most muscle fibers it possibly can to squat deadlifts. Yeah. So now my goal is to increase the muscle fiber size. So that's why I started doing a lot of hypertrophy, you know, so I'll do like, for example, I'll do, uh, three or four week blocks. I'll do a five by five for three or four weeks. And then the next uh, – then I'll do, like, a special overload the fifth week. And then the next three or four weeks, I'll do, like, a 10 by 3. And then every three to four weeks, it will change. So then I'll do a 4 by 4, and then maybe a uh, you know, 3 by 3, and then add on like front squats. So it changes like that, but I'm always sticking – trying to stick to the heavy volume.
0: And will you do that – so you'll do – at that 10 by 3, that's 10 sets of 10 triples? 10 triples, yeah. Will you, what kind of, will you try to maintain the same weight for all those triples, or how would you – Pick your weights. Are you just doing the steady increase and then bring it back down as you wave in? So, yeah. for
2: example, what was it? I think two or three weeks ago, I started off with 628. And I would do 628 for 10 sets.
0: Wow. And then, as the weight goes up, do you start doing, so I've done stuff similar, and I've, I've started doing, <laughs> as the weight goes up, if I start reaching, my top
1: couple sets are going high, but then I, I got to start backing off. A little as somebody later. who just did 10x3 for the first time on Saturday, it's a completely different monster than anything I've ever done. Is that right? So, oh, it was three hours. I, I, I think, I think main, main, it a 5x5. It the same weight. It was almost three hours it took me to get through that. Jesus,
0: what? It, how long does it take you to do that
2: if you're maintaining your weight? Oh, God. Uh, it, it, depends on, it depends on the workout. Usually the first couple of weeks, I do dynamic squats, meaning low rest. So I'll take a 60 second to a 90 second break between each set. And usually that sucks because by the third or fourth set, you're literally dying. Um, So if I'm doing low rest, I usually get done within like an hour, hour and a half. But if I'm training like a powerlifter and taking like 15, you know, 10, 15 minutes between each set, it'll probably take me three hours. Oh shit,
0: so just like you. Yeah. Yeah. And when you get to the top end, so do you pick your weight before you get out there, first off, or do you pick your weight as the weight starts moving? And once you get your weight, this is my working weight, do you ever lower that body, that, that weight, or do you just say, like, that weight's sticking and I don't care how, my, how big the rest I need, I'm fucking keeping the weight
2: on the bar? It depends. It depends on how close I am to a meet. Like, right now, I was it yesterday, I'm still uh, getting back into the, the groove of things. And I was supposed to do, I think, a, a, a five, five reps with 606, 617, 628, 640, and 650. But then I decide, all right, things aren't really working that well, so I'll just stay with 617 or 611, whatever it was, and just do that for a couple of sets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm not, you know, again, I'm not trying to push myself too much right now because I have such a long time between, you know, I'm doing the Arnold's and, and Worlds, so it's not worth getting hurt or, you know, tearing something or, or pulling something.
0: And when you yeah. said supposed to do those numbers, how do you come up with those numbers? Do you do that beforehand or are you just kind of like a linear movement up? or?
2: Uh, I just really make it up the day before. Just say, I want to hit this today.
1: Oh, no shit. And uh, so it's more of a percentage-based training than based on
2: whatever your working on. Yeah, for nationals, what I did was I did waves. So, for example, I would do, there'd be two waves in one workout. It would be wave one, which would be, um, I want to say, eight reps, six reps, and five reps. And it would be 70, 75, 80, which was wave one. And then I'd have to do wave two at uh, 75, 80, 85. And that would be six, five, four. And I had to do that in one workout. Wow. <laughs> you got a
0: capacity for, for <laughs> moving weight. Here's I, I you know, clean, apparently. if you see this guy's legs and the way he's
2: jacked up, oh, oh, yeah. you got some massive muscular development. And the thing is like what I did was I, cha- I kind of changed it up a little bit. I used to squat three to four times a week. So instead of doing you know, a three by three Monday and then front squatting Tuesday and then squatting on Thursday after deadlifting and then doing four squats on Friday, I kind of pushed all the volume into one day so I give my body a little bit more of a break. Like I'll still squat on Thursday after I deadlift. I'll do maybe safety squat bars. I'll do, you know, pause squats or I'll do front squats. Uh, But I try to combine it into two days so I give my body a dump break.
0: That was actually one of my next questions was how often do you add in squat variables when you're squatting as much as you do um, in terms of safety bar and pause squats? Um, So obviously use them. In what regard, like what's the rep ranges and the type of load you'll put when it comes to like safety bar squats and pause squats?
2: Um, I think, let's see, before nationals, I did like a 650, 700 pause squat for, for a triple. And I, did that, I do that usually after I deadlift, so I think I did it for like two, only two sets. Okay. And then um, for safety squat bar, I used to do, you know, I, I, train in my, I train in my house, so I really don't have access to a safety squat bar. But when I do, I uh, go like mid-fives.
0: And, and do you find like, are these tools, what are some of the tools, because a lot of people are going to ask um, and, and would DM me ask them how to raise a squat. What are some of the things people need to do to
2: raise their squat, do you think? I'm a big proponent of single leg movements. Um, split squats, side lunges, um, stuff. Because I look this way. If you can strengthen one leg at a time, yeah. and you put them together, it's going to be stronger together. Yeah. And the nice thing about doing split squats with dumbbells and doing you know eccentric negatives or you know just doing a bunch of reps you're programming that one leg to be more stable uh, you're recruiting more muscle uh, more muscle uh, fibers in that leg so then theoretically when you combine the two legs together it should be more efficient mm-hmm. yeah. so as soon as I started doing a lot of like you know lunges a lot of single leg movements you know same thing with the, the, the bench press you know single arm uh, dumbbell press that stuff will make you overly uh, more overall stronger than just doing the, the lift by itself because when you do the lift by itself Weakness you know, your body's going to compensate one way or another to pick up the bar. With a dumbbell, if your side's weak, shit's not moving. Mm-hmm, yeah. So there's no way to compensate for it. So that's why I like that stuff to do after I squat because it kind of keeps you honest.
0: And how much of that do you do? Here's the thing, I'll be deadly honest. I prescribe that for other
1: people. Very rarely, I'll put that shit on my own program, but I'm not... I may or may not um, be hitting that. I thought, you were gonna, if, I thought you were gonna call me out when you said you prescribe that for other people, and very rarely do they do it. Yeah,
0: well, here's the <laughs> if I'm honest, even if someone puts it on my program, if I'm like pressed for time, that's the shit that you look at like, yeah, I could probably knock these. I... Out. It's the one it's I think it's the low-hanging fruit that people neglect the most, it's interesting you said that makes the biggest difference.
1: I know, I'm, I'm sitting here just, I, again, just biting my so
0: Yeah, so, like, you think it's very important. How, how often, how often do you do it and how much time do you dedicate towards it?
2: Like, usually, like, I, again, I live at home, and I'm, well, right now, I'm in the midst of dying buying of buying heavy dumbbells for my house. But I usually train at work because I train athletes and I I work in a gym. So, uh, usually I'll do it after I develop at home. I'll go to the gym and work and I'll do my accessories there. I'll do maybe like 50-pound dumbbells. I'll do um, 15 to 20 reps for like three or four sets. Um, I'll do that. I'll do the side lunges. Uh, I'll do hip thrusts and stuff like that. So, um,
0: you do this before benching. You would rather do that
1: than benching, which for me I'd rather bench yeah, press. I, <laughs> there are many things I would rather do before or doing like walking lunges and squats, and I hate walking lunges. I, They're brutal. Yeah, I would sooner go on a go to
2: cardio or something. <laughs> oh, gee, <watch> this. <laughs> I mean, that's how much I yeah. hate lunges. Yeah. I, I rather I rather ride the bike than bench. Whoa! Oh shit! Confessional
1: no time, around. This is taxi cab confession right yeah. now. But, but that also may be why I'm not squatting 800 that's true well yeah. now yeah exactly I mean that and the fact that I'm you know 74 kilo. Well, that would be very remarkable <laughs> if you did um and what about the deadlift how often
0: do
2: you deadlift and what does what your deadlift day look like um believe it or not because that, because my, my deadlift technique and my squat technique are so similar with the way I you know I, I squat down when I deadlift and I basically squat it up basically um, I don't really have to deadlift that much. You know, I deadlift because I enjoy it. And I love doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but even for nationals, I think before nationals, i pulled maybe once in full weeks. Holy before crap. nationals, I hit a, hit a PR. So I think as long as I keep training my squat, my deadlift will never change. You know, what might happen is my grip might get soft or my hand might get soft. But other than that, the strength doesn't change, which is a good thing.
0: So And here's why, uh, sorry, I'll let you go once. Yeah. I guess one get. I think that would work. Um, when you're 120 uh, and 120 plus, because you're gonna squat in the 800s, deadlift in the 800s. Again, your your nervous system's not going down yeah. by missing it. Whereas 74 kilo cat who deadlifts
1: far more than he squats, you stop deadlifting, your nervous system's not getting that same. Wow, well, we're gonna find out soon because right now I, for myself, I'm doing four days a week of squatting and I'm not deadlifting at all. Well,
0: but, yeah, but I mean
1: it's a peaking Yeah, but in a peaking, a I don't think I can do it. But it's interesting hearing. Well, his is talking about you're doing almost a Smolov approach then, where it's very, very squat heavy. It's but right he now not, bench heavy. He can but, squat his deadlift almost like he's but,
0: squatting exactly. so freaking much. So if you're deadlifting in the five hundreds, low fives, and squatting in the low fours, there's a difference between
1: your squatting between and dead. squatting and deadlifting. Yeah,
2: I, I think it only works for athletes that can squat more than they deadlift. Yeah, fuck, I'm out. <laughs> so far. and I, I i don't think it applies i don't know if you if you pull sumo but unless you're a sumo style squatter like you know for, for example stand up fitting, i think that it's not going to correlate to your deadlift like me my squat. if you ever watch me squat and deadlift which you have it's so similar like you could you could tell a difference unless yeah. you, you know that's the ball is on my back so but a lot of athletes you know if you pull sumo and squat narrow it's you're not going to have that carryover
0: yeah. Yeah. And this is exactly why you gotta be careful when um, yeah. you know, you follow someone and you see what they're doing, but you haven't had this conversation with them like we're having a conversation with you. And you just look at, oh, he does this, yeah. he does that, but you don't realize Or he's a sim- he's a similar size to me, so therefore yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, listen, Matt Sounder can fucking squat like you're yeah. hundred pounds more than you deadlift and blah blah blah. There's there's definitely intangibles there for sure. Um, leading up to the to the US nationals was this the outcome? Were you looking at nine ten, and did you think nine ten was gonna
2: win it? Like, how sure were you leading into this? Um, well, I knew no one was gonna pick me to win because of my bench, so I wasn't surprised. Um, but again, that's why I keep my bench a secret. Um, I, I knew I was gonna perform well. Um, I, I knew my squat, my squat training was going phenomenal. Um, the volume helped me a lot. My, I think I put two inches on my legs um, Jesus. My, my deadlift, my deadlift felt great. It, everything felt great, and um, I probably would have told him more if I didn't pin, pin press my first bench press. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, so, so what happened there? Well, what happened? Well, I guess it was uh, the safety pins. I don't know. My, my, my handler uh, Daniel uh, put. You have a computer that you pull your, you know, your rack things, and I guess it didn't say. And the pins were too high, so uh-huh. I went to go bring the bar down, and basically I did a pin press. ah uh-huh. yeah, that'll throw you off. So, of yeah. so I, had, I had to retake the attempt. So I, I put, you know, again, I probably would have ended up, I think I ended up with 350. I probably uh-huh. would end up with 375.
0: Okay, because 350 felt pretty smooth and easy. And yeah, you- that, that, was, that, was, that was easy, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: And so were you pretty confident? Who were you looking at that was going to push you at the 120s? Uh, the only one, honestly, would probably be, you know, Tony. Because I know Tony, you know, previously has a history of squatting over 800. His deadlift always seems to be there in the mid eights, mm-hmm. And his, I know he's a low bencher in the mid fours, but he's always consistent. Yeah, yeah. And so but I was more shocked at Jared when Jared got the 805-pound squat. That shocked me more than anything. Did it get you a little riled up like, holy shit, I might have a fight on my hands here? Yeah, well, I, knew, I knew it was going to be tough. I knew I wasn't going to blow anyone out of the water, um, especially because I had such a low bench. But after that squat I was like, oh, shit, you know, this is, this is going to be closer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah.
0: Yep. And the thing with Tony, too, being like um, like Tony's in his 50s, Yeah, he's going to be the sweetheart favorite. Anyone in their 50s, people are going
1: to be, it's going to be a sweetheart, underdog favorite. Can't help but root <coughs> for the guy. But well, at and the same time, I know I was, when we did our previous show, I was guilty of voting for Tony just for that reason. No. Oh, hey, uh,
2: hey listen, listen. I I hope when I'm fifty something years old, I get to sweat under Yeah. no shit. And I'll be dead like twenty five years before that. But I, I I fucking hope you do it I too, hope, buddy. And I'll be
0: the only HL It's that's right. That's right. What are you looking for at the IPF? So are you doing the Arnold Classic then?
2: I don't know. I'm still on the uh, the borderline between it because, like I said, I well, let me see this first. Now with the situation between the USA and the IPF, is that ever is that going to affect the? So the way it looks. Um, I
0: think, it honestly, if I was gunned to my head, I don't think there's going to be anything major from it. I think just basically they're going to get on the same page in terms of how the testing protocol gets rolled out and, and everything moves forward. Um, that one letter sent out, there was threat of, you know, leaving and whatever. I think that was heavy-handed and I don't think something's going to happen that way
2: because I, I I told I told my friends I said dude that would be my luck the year I go to no IPF World they, they pull out. I know. Yeah. You're like damn it man like what
0: the hell I know it yeah. and and that's the reason why like when you leave it's not just them like it's not it affects everybody who's has that dream man like and if you're gonna go on to the U.S. Open et cetera to enter the U.S. Open with an IPF World Championship behind you like everyone was all over John Hack and to this day. John Hack can forever rest his head on his pillow, knowing I am an IPF world champion, and no one can ever take that from you. Like these are accolades that never get washed yeah. away, and whatever competition you do from there on out, U.S. Open, etc. You know the promoters and everyone love it when an, an IPF world champion shows up. It's it's yeah. great to attach to your name. So you would hate to see the opportunity to get taken away from you. And yeah.
2: frankly, I I just I just wish that. You know, they can put politics aside between federations. I, w- I would love to see you have one big meet. Like, you know, you can call it whatever you want, but have just, like, the best of the best compete against each other, whether they're drugs or no drugs. And just, like, I would love to see Ray Williams go against the Little Bridges, yeah. you know, yeah. you know, me, Dennis, and Perry all together. Like, just have fun. But unfortunately, with all the world of politics, if you compete in Federation A, then Federation B hates you. It's just, I would just really love to see everyone draw, just, you know drop the politics. And compete in one big meet and just have fun.
1: Yeah. The it, only, was, it would be something to see. Sure. Be, that would be like the, the big Super Bowl call oh. the World Open. But um, th- the only
0: thing would be, you've got certain guys who like to compete in a certain, like, getting everyone to agree, because some people like raps. Uh, how, how are you for raps?
2: Have you, you, you squatted in raps? I, I have. My friend made me try it, and it was the most uncomfortable thing I've ever done in my yeah. life. So if you were to do the U.S. Open, would you just do it... Slay or you still, or would you do? Uh, I w- I, w- I would maybe wear
1: sleeves. The thing is, like, some people get so much out of
0: wraps, but yeah. I mean, if you ever said, okay, I'm going U.S. Open, and there's that kind of money on the line, and you got a year to get used to the raps, it's just such an advantage. So that's what. So that's a problem too. Even if politics were aside, to get people to agree, monolith not monolith, Delapar well, not Delapar, squat part. walked out not walked out. It's knee wrapped. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. Uh, yeah, I know.
1: But uh, I know you mean. Which but, yeah, which <laughs> as a powerlifting fan, God, I would love to see
2: that. that would yeah, be... I, I would love to see like Ray Williams go against some of those other guys, like you know well, JP. Be... And... I mean, it did, that, to me, that would be great to see. Like, I, you know, to determine who's the best of the best. Can anyone be... beat Ray yeah. Williams? Though I don't think so. No.
0: Isn't it unanimous that we can beat him, or is there someone out there who can
2: beat him? I'm not thinking. Uh... Well, I think Jezza, Jezza has probably justified probably the closest. Jezza's, Jezza's the back. closest. Okay, so here's another thing.
0: I'm told Jez is coming back. Well, if I'm not mistaken, um, I can't give up sources, but I believe uh, Nauru, I think where he's from, they're not going to put any kind of sponsoring or anything towards the world body, air quotes, that he was lifting in previously because it's not really a recognized world body. So
1: he's got to go IPF. And I believe... Hit that federation, that nation is going to come back, and I think Jezza, which no, would be amazing, because I mean, watching Ray go up against Jezza is just oh Ray Kelly Jezza. Yeah, it's just and again, yeah, no disrespect to Kelly, our Canadian Golden Boy, but it's yeah having no. those three go head to
2: head is just it's yeah because it makes the, the sport so meet. Yeah, like, like even like I don't know, like uh, same thing with Dennis and Dennis and Ray are in the same boat. It's going to be boring after a while, knowing that no matter what you do, you're going to win. Yeah. yeah. I know. Like, I guess it's great you just lack up championships, but to me, like, even with the, you know, the ADF PF and stuff, it just, it got, no, it got to a point where, yeah, the records, the medals, the trophies were great, but knowing that even if I had, a, if I went, you know, three for nine, I'd still win, yeah. that's not fun.
0: And, and I'll tell you what, even more now so, because of live streams, and as big as live streams are, um, I am mean,
1: I can tell you, just trying to commentate, when it comes to a runaway, it's fucking brutal for Whoa. me trying to sell that hype. And even as like for myself as a fan and somebody who loves watching powerlifting, I'll admit I very rarely watch the one twenty plus. Not if it's i just all I need go, a rivalry. I'll go check out the Instagram story afterwards and see what Ray, what raise lifts were. Yeah, because well, I don't know, need to sit there for three hours yeah. watching. No, you need a story. Look, they already know how it's all unloaded.
0: Yeah. I equate it to uh, when it's a football game and it's a like a thirty point blowout, thirty point spread. A basketball game one team's going 100 the other team's going 50 points it's people are already walking up the yeah. stands before the thing's over and if powerlifting i swear to god like 90 percent of powerlifting competitions are probably going to be like that the ipf worlds is one of those where most weight classes are going to be stacked and you're going to have total total battles where yeah, this dude misses a squat even if he's strong enough just
1: not quite deep enough game changer. Yeah. Well, I can say for certain, like for myself at USAPL Raw Nationals, I was staying up to 1 a.m. to watch the 105s and the 63s. Because it's that good? Yeah. But if you knew, if, I, was wa- I was watching the live stream, or I was watching the replay of the live stream the next day to catch the other stuff that wasn't. The if, was
0: if there was other shit and you thought, this guy's got it. Yeah. T- I'm not waiting till 1 o'clock in the morning. There is no going to be show riveting. It's going to be within 20 pounds of this previous number, and it is what it is. Yeah. Um, and and that's, that's 100%. That's why we need Jezza. And that's why we need you and Eric Willis and the rest of the world. Now, looking at the rest of the world, if we can look forward at the world, let's put the Arnolds aside because we're not sure. Um, who are you looking at? And do you keep your eye on some of these cats? Uh,
2: not really. I just, I, just do, I just do me, you know. I, I just focus on what I can do because it doesn't matter what they can do. If I can't do it, then they're going to win. But um, I just, just focus on my own training. Like, I think I might, I might follow Eric. I don't know. I Honestly, I could care less to be honest with you. Um, but what I'll do is like a couple weeks before the meet, I'll say, oh, you know, I'll check how this guy's doing. Or I'll check like, you know, if there's a championship, I'll see how they did just to get, a, you know, a ballpark idea. Mm-hmm. But uh, other than that, you know, I just focus on my own training.
0: Do you game plan like – Would you look at their numbers purely for game planning on your own attempt selection to try to, uh, or or do you just say, you
2: know what, it is what it is, let's just go. I'm gonna go 100. Basically, and I think my 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 handle and my friend my friend who's also my handle Daniel he does all that stuff. He figures that out. I just just lift. Yeah, because a lot
0: lot of times, um, and I know like we've had Matt Gary on here like a million times. and He will they will crunch numbers so they know. Like like Matt Somner, did you know, Matt Somner, I'm making shit up right now, but his third attempt squat, 60% 60 failures on third attempt squats. We need to keep an eye on this. If we push him on squat, he'll likely fail that one. We move ahead. Did you also know if he misses the second deadlift, he often goes up, and he'll crunch these fucking numbers and has, like, a dossier, like you said, in terms of the U.S. coaching staff, um, like, in terms of their scouting, and we've had Matt Guerra on here talk about it. This dude knows everybody's numbers ahead of time. So when you show up, you just handle you. You give 100% whatever's loaded, and he knows we're going to make a push. Oh, yeah. or, or if he misses an opener, he knows usually he misses a third because he tries to catch up and he's crunched it all. At least the odds. Only, yeah. All you have are odds yeah. in, in terms of your favor. Any given day, God knows it's going to happen.
2: Well, definitely for Worlds, I definitely obviously want to, you know, if I do do the Arnold's, I want to, um, I'll be opening up with 10, 10 more pounds than I did at National. So whatever I opened up would be 10 more pounds, the same thing at, hopefully at, at Worlds. But I'm hoping to at least break the uh, squat and deadlift record, the American record at the Arnold and the world record at, the, uh, at Worlds.
0: So we were just talking about that. Um, what are the, What is the squat and deadlift world records?
2: Uh, Dennis has the squat record at 850.5 or whatever it is. And then um, I think... Um, uh, Hefron Smith has it at eight twenty-two on the deadlift.
0: No shit, those are definitely within those your are definitely reach. within range. So has has Dennis squatted more, but he was heavier, not in the one twenty.
2: I think he. Oh uh, he squatted. He, he squatted nine at two seventy-five, and then he squatted nine stuff. something at like.
0: Yeah. Okay. Because I remember he had squatted that, but um, I also know he was tinkering with like bouncing between weight classes as well.
2: Yeah. And yeah, with, I, I saw him at um in July. He he was like three, God, he had to be like, I think he was pushing 300. He looked like a fucking grizzly bear. He yeah. was huge. Yeah. And he said to me, he goes, Matt, I, I, I can't do this anymore. I, I can't I can't be this heavy. And he, like, he was squatting over 900. Yeah. But he, he just, got, just got to the point where it was just, it, it was so detrimental to his health, he had to stop. Yeah,
0: yeah. And that's the thing, you know, you see that with some guys eventually, like Dennis's, I think he's leaving, approaching late 30s now and after a while you're like look at it's it's a part-time sport he's won the world's you know several times over and eventually you're just like do i want to keep doing this to my body walking around as a 300 pound man you see him now he's actually um dropped down around your size-ish i believe around 250 yeah he's around the 250 range now not even uh powerlifting so much he's doing other sports like jujitsu and at an mma place and just life's short sometimes you come to these conclusions you're like I got some other goals I gotta hit. Um, so speaking of goals, what are some goals that you got that you want to hit before all said and done?
2: Well, I'm gonna tinker with this idea. Um, I do have goals after powerlifting. I do want to go into strongman. That's always been a, a thing for me. Um, I love, you know, you'll see occasionally on my YouTube on either YouTube or Instagram, me pulling trucks and stuff like that, so that always fascinated me. And my goal is always to be the world's strongest man, just to be in that competition. And so my goal in parallel thing, I want to squat 9 at 250 or 255. Wow. I want to do that. So hopefully I want to do that by the end of next year. So I'm relatively close. Um, so I, I want to squat 9 and delve about 850. So those are my goals for the, for the near future. Nice. And you're not going to give – you're still not letting the it's camera back on the bench. I love
0: <laughs> how <laughs> you knew. You're like, you got to tune in to find out. It's a good show. Yeah. If it gives me something to hype when we're in
1: Sweden and I'm
0: commentating, well, I'll bring that And in. that's what I was
1: about to say. So if we're not letting the cow out the bag for the Worlds, does that mean we're not going to see you be going uh, heavier at, with Bench at the Arnolds? Or are you going to, if you do the Arnolds, that is. He doesn't know if he's doing it. Yeah. He... I don't
2: know if I'm doing it. I have until, I think, um, the 30th to decide whether I want to do it or not. And but I don't know, I'm still in the fact. Like, I, I want to do it, but it, it just depends on my mood. Yeah. If
0: you do it, are you going to sandbag the bench a little bit to keep just the so rest it. of the world guessing so they don't know?
2: Uh, There's probably a good chance that I'll, I'll low-bag the bench and just go for the American squad and the American Desert record. Yeah,
0: yeah. And what kind of timeline, because you're 25, you got a long ways to go, what kind of timeline are you looking at in terms of moving it to strongman? And what kind, uh, of, what kind of size would you get to? Because those fellas... Oh
2: are absolutely monsters. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to do it where I'm healthy. That's the more, most important thing. Because I don't want to you know, be 35 and have a heart attack. Um, so it, it depends. I just want to hit my goals and power with me first. And then once I do that, then I'll, I'll slowly transition into strongman and doing those types of exercises. Because to me, I enjoy those exercises a lot more. You know, I love to squat. I love to deadlift. But I love truck pulling. I love doing the cars, the yoke walks. I enjoy, always enjoy doing that stuff. So I'm looking probably in the next like three or four years, probably I'll start doing more strongman workouts and start you know competing or trying to compete in those type of meets.
0: And then would you you probably need go full on nutritionist and start eating the ridiculous 10,000 calories and bulk up to like Are you gonna go all in if your goal is even to qualify world's strongest man? You're looking at to be a big gentleman.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm going to have to put on a, a tremendous amount of weight. But I, I think if, to, to, to try, I, I never want to look back and say, you know, woulda, shoulda, coulda. Yeah. You know, what would have happened if I really tried it? Would I have made it? Maybe not. But I don't know. And that's the thing I, I don't want to live with. I want to say, you know what? I put on, I, I went up to 300 pounds. I squatted over a grand. Yeah. And I can log press this and pull that. At least I tried it, so I don't wanna you know, not try it because I'm afraid that I'm gonna gain too much weight or you know, get too big.
0: Well said, so let's yeah. say all is said and done. This is a question I always ask everybody before I let them go. Let's say all is said and done and you have tried everything. How do you wanna be remembered when everybody looks back at you?
2: Uh, I just, just, as a great strength athlete. You know, I don't call myself a powerlifter, I call myself a strength athlete because I don't, you know, I'm not a 400 pound man that just squats, benches, deadlifts. You know, I still do a lot of, you know, athletic stuff. But um, I just want to, you know, set records that no one will beat. You know, I want to, in the IPF, I think I'm the lightest person to squat and deadlift over 800. Oh, wow. Because um, even in my weight class, no one deadlifts and squats over 800 except me. Hmm. hmm.
0: Oh, no, shit. I didn't yeah.
2: know that. I never really. Wow, that's the first barrier. Ever... If you, you think nice. about it, that squats over 8, but doesn't deadlift over 8. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Wow. You have people like you know Bryce Lewis who deadlifts eight, but can't deadlift over, uh, can't squat over 750. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm So, so I, I definitely want to be the, I want to be the lightest person to squat, at least over 900 in an IPF meet.
0: And what, what would be the total that you're chasing? Before you uh, check
2: out? You got a number? Hold on, let's see, I got a calculator here. Everybody's
1: got a number. Um, we can use this to get his bench after. <laughs> that's right. Uh, <laughs> I want my sub total.
0: My ah! sub total. Ah! That's right. That's right. My sub total be 1750 Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. We almost had him. You know what? We're like We're two meatheads. We couldn't even do that fucking math. <laughs> that would have been over our heads, anyways. You're safe. Maybe the listeners would have got it. Yeah, can't do it on my fingers. That's right. That it's up. Um, listen, man, thank you very much, man. We had you for uh, over an hour now, and it's starting to get a little late on here. But is there some people you would like to thank? And uh, can people reach you if they want to reach you for whether just follow you, coaching, or anything like that?
2: Yeah, you can go on my Instagram. My Instagram's, uh, the is TheHulkSmash75. I know super original. Um, you know, I have my website, MattSummer.com. And you know, uh, my email which is uh, info at matsomber.com. So people can always hit me up you know, if they have questions. I know people DM me all the time asking for advice. And I, I, I don't mind giving it. You know, I enjoy helping other people. Um, I'm not gonna be that douche that says, oh, I gotta charge you for it. Yeah. So I'm always open to you know, helping other people and giving you know, as much advice as I can. And you know just you know to shout out, you know, thank you guys for having me. And um, just for all my sponsors that have been supporting me because unfortunately without sponsors, this, meet, this this hobby gets very expensive.
0: You bet. You better yeah. believe it. And do you do coaching for programming at all or no?
2: Yeah, I do programming. I don't really – I don't consider myself a powerlifting coach because that kind of like – again, pigeon-toes me into one, one aspect. I'm a strength coach. You know, I train – right now I'm training Division One athletes. I think I have one kid going to um, uh, UNC for lacrosse. I have one girl go to uh, uh, Cornell. I have one guy football go to Brown. Oh, wow. So I'm training uh, some elite athletes, whether mm-hmm. in their high school or, or college. Perfect.
0: Listen, man, Perfect. thank you very much. Um, love to have you back, especially leading into uh, the IPF World Championships. I think the 120s is going to be exciting again. Yep. Uh, we got ourselves a bit of a showdown. Um, so good luck in training. We'll be keeping our eyes on the Arnold Classic to come within 20 pounds of where your bench might be. 2025, given what you put up there. And uh, good luck, man. Keep in touch. Thank you. I'll let you guys
2: know if I do the Arnold or not. Gotcha. Sure. Sounds good, buddy. Have a good one. All right. Take care, guys. See you day.
1: too. All right, bye bye. a confident young man, and you should be. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, I, mean, I didn't know I that I'd not be a confident young man when you're squatting 800 as an eighth And getting over
0: 800. 800. I didn't I, realize he was the latest man to ever do that. Uh, it totally makes sense because now that
1: I'm thinking of it, right, yeah. Now that, that, that you I'm started thinking, thinking about it, there's not too many people actually like forget weight class that have gone that 8-8 combo you know I, when Matt Gary had said he just
0: hates benching and he doesn't do it I thought like that was an exaggeration he f- doesn't do it as in as in like he sandbags his workout yeah. like oh you bench but like when are you going to actually bench because you're sandbagging but no he for real he literally does not do it and or
1: for, did not do it
0: at yeah. the time and the reason why his bench was even where it was is because he's a, a massive human being and his nervous system is still jacked. Yeah. Like, he's, he's, he's pushing mad weight. Your, your nervous system, he's going to be strong whatever he's doing, even if he doesn't try. Yeah. Even if, if I was to teach him a brand new movement right now, he would probably be extremely he strong. He would at probably it. be in an elite level no matter yeah. what you throw at him. Yeah. But, um, so now that he's benching, I am very interested. Th- that he said, I took, my, I took my previous one rep max and hit it for five. That just throws the door wide open. Yeah. Like, where the fuck is your bench now? A. B, where the fuck is your total then? He totaled nine ten. And and his other and, and this his other list are staying stagnant.
1: No. Everything's going up. Not well, so are, are we suddenly gonna see a total at like at Worlds where he's Yeah, it could be it could be pushing Dennis.
0: I almost don't want him to do Arnold because I think the big reveal at Worlds would be amazing. Yeah. And I mean I look at it
1: in terms of our boy Eric Willis, um, he's not staying stagnant neither. No, Eric's tour keeps going up yeah. as well, and his train's looking phenomenal. Yeah. I'm hoping for an amazing showdown between those two. I think it will be. Um, Eric is he's more
0: well rounded, but doesn't have the big front end and back end where you know it's it's tough because yeah. I don't sometimes like, you, you sometimes it's like, well I'd rather be well rounded. Well sort of unless the guy can now pull you and then it becomes yeah, he gets the last word and he'll just chip you. What do I gotta do? And I mean, for Eric, what I mean, Eric's
1: was moving, but it's let's face it, he's
0: not—he's not not, not not that farmer. Yeah, so if you put a gun to my head, ah, oh, fuck, it's easy one, just make me well-rounded, cool. But oftentimes, it's not. Some of the guys who are the front end or, or whatever, they can just chip you at the end because their total subtotal is so big, or it's just as long as your pole is so big. You know what I mean? It's yeah. It's—I've kicked this around several times, and um, I, where would you rather be?
1: I mean. As a lifter, I would love to be well-rounded. It's I, easy I way enjoy to, go being, to I enjoy okay. being well-rounded.
0: Yeah, okay. nine times it. out of
1: nine times out of ten, the well-rounded guy is going to win. With that said, you, God, God, having, having, being able to outdate everybody is such a great tool. Except God having yeah, like that massive deadlift or the massive squat like, that one standout lift where everybody just watches you compete and you're just like, holy shit, oh, who oh. is this guy?
0: Let me I'll, let me I'll also be honest. Running King lifts, we do nothing but reposts. Yeah, well, um, not nothing, but You know what I'm saying? And um. Oftentimes, there's a well rounded lifter, but none of his lifts are overall standouts at the world level, but he's right up in there at the yeah. world level. But when I look at his squat days, it's like, oh, fuck, it's good, but it's not. No one's gonna be like, oh, holy moly. Yeah. Uh, same with the bench, same with deads. Whereas I could have a specialist who he might outrank at the world totals when, the, when everything rolls out, but that specialist, when he hits, let's say it's deads, when he hits his deads, I post that. Boom goes the fucking dynamite, and everyone goes nuts, and it's wildly entertaining um say with all three of this like russell or he with the well, like he's an, he is well-rounded but his squat i mean it, it, he he drops a squat video you're guaranteed yeah. everyone and myself included. i'm not just doing this to please the masses i also love seeing oh exactly. my god and moments. well
1: let's look at let's look at the battle of the 83 kilos for example we're talking about rem yeah we're not yeah. To, we're, Exactly. You take his deadlift out of the equation. He's still around, well-rounded lifter. He's still but posting a 700. but not, not nobody's not, not freakish. Yeah, like nobody's got a shit about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah. the grand scheme of things. Yeah.
0: So no, it's one hundred percent. Sometimes your knee-jerk reactions. I'd rather you be a well-rounded lifter, but then competitively, you may win more with a bigger yeah. dead because not just because my a shitload bigger because you only need to chip the other guy, and and then you know popularity-wise, you want to see something. Let me post this fucking video and watch everybody.
1: Yeah. Go fucking ape shit away. And let's face it, as a lifter as well, it's, we're slightly ego-driven. Like, when you're going out there, you know that you're opening up with more than anybody else in your weight class is fucking... J- finishing, that, yeah, finishing, yeah. That, it feels pretty goddamn good. When, like, you got,
0: got an event, when you got an event that's like, this is mine, and, and you will never take this from me, I no matter what happens... This event is mine. I'm guaranteed to go in this event. And it's just like you're... Everyone knows yeah. that's a fucking phenomenal feeling. It'd be great to be like, well, I'm well-rounded and But, like, you know, I'll always
1: have total. True. Yeah. But... Total when, is not, when, total's not sexy. We'll put it that way. Total one. is not sexy, no. And Unless, you know, you're doing well over what anybody else has ever done. Like, if you're hitting, not, as, it, as it gives, a three times body weight total and something that everyone's yeah, ever done before. Yeah, 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 the well-rounded. Or if you're a Taylor Atwood and just... Absolutely decimating everybody in total. But if that's the case, but at the, at the same, same time, time he's also decimating and, squat, bench, and deadlifts. Yeah, people, it becomes um, you, you honestly do not want to decimate everybody yeah. because
0: you know turns of the Taylor Atwood show, which is great for how dominant you are, terrible for watching for a competitive sporting event. Yeah. But um, but Taylor Atwood, holy fuck, we could do we got to have him back because he's a whole other podcast into himself with yeah. that young man is doing. Uh, and
1: we just had his coaches in the last one. And we can just talk about his hair because it's the best in the IPs.
0: Absolutely phenomenal. Guys like me hate it.
1: I uh, he, he also has a million-dollar smile and some eyes <sighs> you can get lost in. I know when I'm watching him compete, I'm getting drunk and yelling at the TV. Because <laughs> I am that <laughs> guy. I'm feel, still overly jealous of this man. I feel
0: bad about myself. Yeah.
1: I, want, I, want, I want
0: to find a reason exactly. to like him.
1: But um, but anyways, um, yeah,
0: another good episode. By all means, guys, uh, keep Keep posting. Give us highlights and, and sharing this in your Instagrams because, I mean, these guys deserve, deserve the exposure they get. You 100%. Get like this, this dude is training hard and, and all these guys, some of these guys don't get nearly as much love as they as they deserve. And in terms of mainstream media, we sure shit ain't getting nearly enough in terms of the overall sport. This is all we got. Got kind of, yeah. You know, these podcasts and reposts and everything. So, um, hope you like the show. We got more to come. Uh, we got to get Eli Burke on here. Uh, mm-hmm. Damn it, we're trying to... Trying to get him, and it's not his fault. Um, but we'll, yeah. we'll we'll book it. Uh, so stay tuned, and uh, until next time, six-pack lapidat and Paul Moranzan, underscore lifts. Till next time.